Hello and good day everyone. Welcome to another episode of Magic the First Pioneers Podcast. This podcast is all about the Pioneer format and we keep our listeners up to date with what is new, interesting, or powerful in the world of Pioneer. I am joined here with my co-host as well as a special guest. Hey everybody, uh, good morning from Japan. This is uh, Ryan, the uh, Cardboard Samurai. And uh, special guest, can you say hello? Hello, it's Claudio here again. Welcome back, Claudio. <laughs> Thank you. So we've been, uh, you know, running out of topics to talk about. We've been getting really excited, waiting for these Dominaria spoilers to start, and we've kind of just started. So we're recording this uh, Sunday night, and or at least Sunday night for me. I think it's Monday morning for Ryan over there. Uh, and we've gotten a few days of spoilers worth. We now know a little bit of the mechanics of this new Dominaria set, and we know we're going to do a full set review. But we still are. We're, we're excited. We want to jump into this. Start talking about what some of these cards are going to be. Uh, so that's kind of going to be our, you know, this isn't the review episode, this is the preview episode. This will be you know, kind of your first taste of what the Pioneer cards are as they're coming out, and what we think is good or bad. Uh, that sound about right, Ryan? Yeah, it sounds good. Just uh, kind of sweet and simple, getting people hyped and excited, you know, for, for these new cards. Uh, I thought we'd start off with the strategies. Uh, not the strategies, the, uh, sorry, the mechanics. The mechanics. And then how they could affect the strategies in Pioneer already. So, hmm. do you have a list of what mechanics are returning? Um, I might. Let me see I if know. I can pull one up. I've, so, I know returning or just the mechanics in general? Just in general. Because I, I think I found three just looking at the spoilers alone. I'm not sure if there's more than that or not. I just want to make sure I have all the information. Yeah, so let me think. Yeah. So, there's kicker, enlist, mm-hmm. domain, mm-hmm. and were you counting one more? Sure. Enlist. Phyrexian, Phyrexian mana. I guess yeah, Phyrexian mana, mana sort of. Yeah. Well, those uh, those defilers is yeah. kind of considered its own. Yeah, we have uh, plus. There's like the Karn's ability is considered a mechanic of the set. The Power Stone one. Yeah, yeah. Mm. So, um, kicker we had recently in the other Dominaria sets. So you pay extra mana on casting, and you get like uh, a different effect. Yeah, everyone kind of knows Kicker because everyone jokes yeah. that every kind of, you know, it seems like almost every set has one of these, like, oh, you know, pay an additional something mm-hmm. or do something else as you cast it. And this is kind yeah, of the classic kicker. is, you know, the only thing special here is there's a few things that are like, and or you can kick something mm-hmm. like twice. Um, that's kind of Hybrid cool. kick, kicking costs. Yeah, hi- right. yeah, hybrid kicker costs. I will say this about Kicker so far. It does seem like they have better kicking abilities, better kicking costs than they did in the first Dominaria. Maybe a little bit. So, uh, you know, I'll say my piece. You you guys know me. I'm always big Mr. Negative during a spoiler season. So uh, maybe that's my job here again today. But I hate Kicker, um, Mm -hmm. mostly just because Wizards is really good at designing cards. They know exactly how powerful a character card is, and they're not going to accidentally make something that's good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if like that's kind of an exaggeration, but it seems like a lot of these character cards, more so in the last set or the last couple times we've seen it, but still here, it's a bad card that you could pay more mana to play a different bad card. If I would never play either of them on their own, the flexibility isn't enough. Maybe that's just Pioneer, where like maybe the flexibility doesn't overcome raw power. But all of these cards, you know, hey, a medium card for cheap or a medium card for expensive, that flexibility is great and limited, but they're not going to make any of these for a constructed playable format, and I'm not expecting to see any kicker cards come from the set that I want to play. What do you think so far, Claudia? What's Claudia? never know. There's a kicker card between the the cards I selected to talk about, Mm -hmm. so I guess we're thinking about... 
Let me just. It's a bit differently. Yeah, the strategy, just the mechanic in general. You don't have to say a special card. Yeah, we don't have to waste your. But like usually, card. usually I think like kicker is like a limited mechanic mm -hmm. these days. Like yeah. some yeah. good card might slip through, but you think about it uh, like a limited mechanic. Eh? Mm -hmm. Mechanic here. Yeah, it always makes limited. Yeah, better. so there's. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think there's a one that we missed. It's the mechanic on Sagas, Look Ahead. Oh, yes, yes, that's new. And that's a cool one. So, like, you can play the saga and start on uh, whenever chapter you want, mm -hmm. basically. Really? I didn't even so see So, you that. can start at the end or at the middle of the saga. Ooh. Yeah, so if you weren't paying attention and you looked at some of these sagas, they're like, oh, this seems okay, but it's slow. But it's like, hey, you could play this. So, like, one of the ones we saw was Phasing of Zaphalir. I don't think it's going to be any good, but, you know, two blue blue... You phase out a permanent, you phase out another permanent, then you sweep the board and every creature that's destroyed, you get a two, or the controller gets a two, two, but you could just play this as two blue, blue for just that third effect. Like you can just jump right to that if you want to. I totally missed that part of the card. I just thought it was just like, <laughs> hey, explaining. Here's why. Uh, yeah. You got to, you know, read it. Yeah. If, you, if you're just used to the saga format and you look at this, you might not notice the read ahead there, but yeah, that's a new mechanic on these. And a couple of these are kind of cool. I'm waiting to see uh, some more of them. So basically it turns everything into like a, um, what is it? The demonic, uh, uh, that four mana uh, enchantments. Um, what was it? Choose one that has demonic pact. No, not the, it was pact. The one where like you lose the game. Yeah, that's demonic pack. Yeah, I'm not that, sure if that's, that's quite one. where. But I'm just saying, like, going. as far as like where you choose that kind of mechanic being put on other cards, it's like choose yeah, one that I hasn't been so. chosen yet. Yeah, it gives you more decisions to what to do with your sagas, basically. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so here you don't get to go back and pick the other ones later. You know, if you jump yeah. ahead to number three, the first one and two will be gone forever. You just get the. Uh, but it, it's nice yeah. to sometimes. If you need that big piece of power now, they're mm -hmm, usually mm -hmm, on mm -hmm. like the two or three. Um, there's also a couple flexible ones where like, hey, your opponent doesn't have a card in their hand. Skip number one, which says yeah. for them to discard, yeah. you know? Wow. Okay, quick question. Do you think we will get a card that says all your sagas gain read ahead? I hope so. I don't know. Like, um, that's what I'd hope to see. I would love to see something like that. Like you know, I, I feel like or something. It's more likely if that shows up that it would be something like a commander uh, that can do that, like a commander-only product. So it yeah, it's be a, a bit pioneer. wonky on the rules, mm. I guess. So they probably won't wouldn't put that in the main set. Hey, thank you for pointing that out. I had no idea that was a new mechanic. <laughs> yeah. All right, so we so let's go back to um, you know, we were saying limited mechanics, and I've got a complaint about another one uh -huh. here, and it, it's not you know, it's not their fault, but. Domain is a really cool mechanic. So Domain cares about the types of basic lands you control. So if you have a mountain or forest, that's Domain 2. If you have, you know, all five of them, that's Domain 5 and, you know, anything in between. And I can see where this would have been hard to balance cards. In Modern, it's really easy to get Domain because you've got fetch lands. You can fetch out a Trium turn 1, fetch out a Shockland turn 2, and have Domain 5 on turn 2. Um, in limited, you're kind of going to expect that you're going to have two, maybe three by the end of the game. Mm -hmm. And, you know, standard's probably in about that same power level. So I feel like a lot of these domain cards, they're, you know, they're a good power level for standard. Maybe they're fine for limited, but they were pretty safe with these. They wanted to make sure that they're not going to be broken in a format where you can have them in turn two. Mm -hmm. um, so that means Pioneer, where we don't have those fetches and we're going to be kind of on the, you know, we get two or three of them at most. I'm not seeing these as particularly powerful. Now we do have the Master of Niv Mizzet here, yeah, so if you ask. think you can exactly. Triome, you know Temple Garden plus uh, Grixis Triome, 
what do you think of domain so far? Yeah, I think that from I I saw somewhere that there's like a cast out with domain. It's like five and a white, and if you have like it reduces the cost with domain, so it can like be a cast out for one mana. Hmm. So I think we can expect to see some powerful cards for sure. Yeah, it was but a... I think that I agree with you. They're going to be somewhat uh, powered up. Wasn't totally, totally. Uh, how can I say clear with like what domain actually is? I thought it was like if you had basic lands, but it's basic land types. It's the basic, the basic land type. Types, so the new yeah. tri. So the triumphs that we have, as well as the um the ones from Capenna, the cycle like tri lands, mm-hmm. yeah. they all have three types. So those count as gotcha. three of them. But it's still hard to, you know, you're not going to be consistently getting four or five in most decks. Yeah. And even if you do, you're not going to have it turn two, turn three. Gotcha. You'll have it a little bit later in the game. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. It's still interesting. Um, we have one more uh, mechanic that I'm not sure how to really describe and, it in list, right? So it, it, I'm thinking yeah. of it, it's kind of like, someone said it's kind of like banding, and then, and then I'm kind of thinking it's like creature crewing. If that makes <laughs> kind sense. of so basically yeah it's supposed to be the fixed banding i think yes yeah, so it says as the creature attacks you can tap a non-attacking creature you control without summoning sickness then you do add its power to the creatures until the end of turn <sighs> i mean yeah, I... so it's kind of like exalted kind of like yeah it's definitely an awkward one i, I think I am excited about this mechanic. It seems like it could be strong. I'm waiting to see, like, I want something with good evasion would be where I'd be most interested mm-hmm. in it. Um, we saw a white rare that looked decent, you know, maybe maybe playable in humans just because it's got some synergy with good cards there. Uh, but I'm waiting for, like, you know, if we got something strong with evasion, I think that would be pretty good because mm-hmm. then, it, you know, you have a lot more incentive to tap your untapped creature. Otherwise, most of the time, I feel like in Pioneer, it's not too often that you've got like a creature that could attack and just won't. It, it's just not that common of a, uh, a thing that happens. I can see it certainly limited. It kind of depends, but... right? If you, for example, with the new True Drop, if you're playing it in humans and you have Luminarch Aspirant, that's usually a really small creature. Mm. So you can use that to pump your Guardian of New Benalia instead of attacking with it. Mm-hmm. So, and you can yep, break more stalls with that. That's a good one. I think Thalia, you know, you don't mind leaving her back sometimes because you don't want to lose the taxing yeah, effects like, in certain decks. Yeah, you can that make deck this also has, with um, Adeline. That one's also got the, what is it, uh, Extraction Specialist. Mm-hmm. You'll have a creature sitting yeah. there that can't attack. You can still enlist with that. So that one's pretty cool. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so Domain, Enlist, Kicker, and Read Ahead. Those are the, the four uh, new mechanics. Um, do these, so again, that my second part of this question was, do these lend themselves, um, to any strategies we currently have in Pioneer or do they make any other, um, fringe decks, you know, playable or viable now? What do you guys think? I mean, I think mechanics are usually not going to help anything by themselves kind of depends on the card they can be on any type of card right i think like besides domain that's like specifically good mm-hmm. in multi color mm-hmm. decks i think like kicker um, look ahead can be good in any, any type of deck it really depends on the cards i think well i mean i, I mean just to kind of uh counter what you said uh there are some mechanics like for example if they printed more energy cards that could make 
Timmer energy better, you know, like Aetherworks or something like that. Yeah, I, I think there's examples that, like, if we had gotten Madness as a type or, you mm-hmm. know, Sacrifice as a major theme, um, those could have helped a specific deck. Yeah. I don't see any of these, you know, giving a big yeah. thing to any specific deck. Uh, if anything, you know, I know we were promised a Lord in each color, mm-hmm. or at least maybe it's in each color pair. Um, so we should be expecting to see those sometime. And I think those could help some specific decks if yeah. they're relevant creature yeah. types. Okay. All right. Well, then let's move on to the uh, fun part of this episode. What are your top five favorite cards so far? So, you know, what what, what are you excited about? Not so much, maybe not what, the, what do you think is going to be the best, but what are you excited about? And before we start, we should just, let's just all talk about Liliana. We know that's going to be on everyone's list, right? Yeah. That's probably like the flagship card of the set for Pioneer, right? And for Standard also. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. It's, it's exciting. I don't think that it's, um, you know, I feel like when Thalia was spoiled, a lot of people thought the sky was falling and that it was going to be just like Mother. head and shoulders stronger than any other oh. card in Pioneer. And, you know, like, I feel like it will be a role player, kind of like how you know, Thalia was when she was reprinted, where it's it's a reasonable power level for Pioneer. I don't think that this card's ridiculous. Um, definitely the question will be like where she fits in. Mm. You know, people are already thinking red, black mid range is a strong deck. Mm -hmm. I can see this being in the 75 of that deck. Um, it's certainly not like a four of in the main or anything I would, I would expect. Yeah. You have like the deck, that deck is like the the most obvious for home, but the deck has a lot of competition. So I think it's going to see play, play there for sure. But like, which, how many copies, I'm not really sure. Well, yeah, so Grease Fang's really another powerful. one I heard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Alien decks. Um, like we were talking about Madness a little bit earlier, I, I would not be surprised if Madness kind of became a thing. But there's Between this and Fable of the Mirror Breaker um, at three, you know, we, we have a lot of ways to discard cards and activate that Madness effect. I was definitely interested in something like the Red Black Blood decks that we mm-hmm. saw a little bit before they turned into the before they turned into like the Anvil deck. Yeah, um, when they had a little bit more of the discard theme, I wanted to try something out with that. Yeah, I mean, you could easily just tick her yeah, up. Maybe you can do that. I was thinking about Mono Black Agro. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> oh which yeah, I think it really uses the minus of the Liliana pretty well, and like you can play, you can play with like Liliana induces like low resource games with when both players are top decking mm-hmm. and a deck like that is really good at using like playing without a hand basically mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. you have a lot of activated abilities you have between your lands and your creatures mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so i think that could be a shot in the arm for the mono black aggro deck yeah especially cool. especially like uh you know, like i said if you have fable and you flip fable and you can just copy whatever you have on the board and they have no hand to be able to re- you know, respond to that that'd be great um yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I'm I'm excited. Everyone, she will see play. Um, she's probably gonna be super hyped up and super expensive when the uh, the set drops. But uh, so how how do you guys feel about that? You know, I don't want to be too speculative because we're not big finance people on Magic. But you know, I was looking at. I think that um, Saffron Olive from MTG Goldfish was giving his look. You know, right now Liliana's like sixty to seventy dollars mm-hmm. for the most part for existing copies. And I think the expectation is that she will drop from that price point. You know, like we were saying, she's probably not a four of in most standard and pioneer decks. You know, she may be in a couple. Mm-hmm. Um, but even then, 
the demand might not drive it. You know, her demand in modern, her demand in commander isn't really going to go up at all. Um, she's not a very good commander card for one thing. So I would expect her to drop at least, you know, initially when, when new people get hold of them and, uh, people open the new set a lot, you know, probably she'll come down and, you know, maybe half the price she is now. Mm-hmm. And then maybe float upwards if she's one of the most played planeswalkers. If not, maybe not. But, uh, yeah. I think that. Don't buy them at $60. You should be able to find them a little bit cheaper once people can start opening the new packs. Yeah, if I can find it for $30, i would be happy. But most likely it's going to be like 40, 40-ish around here. Yeah. I think that's what I think as well. But she might be... I'm not sure what's going to happen when the set drops. She might be like Obnixilis, like really mm-hmm. somewhat expensive at the start. But mm. now when... Because like people think she's going to see play everywhere, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but when the the settles down, she might be like she might go down a little bit in price. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Uh, maybe... Yeah, it's the type of card that's going to be really hyped, right? So, yeah, yeah, I'm not gonna buy it until uh, Christmas time, probably. Um, so should we talk about Painlands two, or is that only on? My I was list? gonna say that that's that's definitely on my list for the uh, the highest. So I was really excited. Um, they announced Painlands, and I immediately went and tweeted out, "We got the Painlands. We've been asking for this for so long," and then kind of realized, "Oh, they're not even all of them. Mm. Uh, we're getting the blue white Painland, we're getting the green red Painland, and we're getting the red black Painland." Um, we're also getting, you know, Blue Red, Shivan Reef is getting reprinted, Yamavaya Coast is getting reprinted, and Caves of Coilus is getting reprinted, but we aren't seeing the other two, which is the Green White and the, what is it, is it Black Blue? Yeah. Blue Black. Did they until the say next set. that, did they honestly say that they're not going to reprint him, or did they just... Yeah, they didn't say they were not the next, They're in the next set. They said, okay. They're, they're definitely not in this set. Okay. Yeah, they're in the next one. Got it, Brothers got it. War. So that's a little bit awkward, maybe. Um, what do you guys think about the uh, the pain lands, the the allied ones particularly, since those ones are the new new ones to pioneer? Well, do you want to talk about how each one will fit in? Um, let me, like, for example, black red. Uh, I sure. think black. Uh, Go ahead. Oh, I, I was going to say I actually don't think the black red one will see too much play. Um, just you know, I look at the mana base of the red black deck, which is red black mid range, really. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, red black sacrifice as well, and they have a really good mana base right now. Mm. Like it took a while, it took a long time for them to get there, but I do like the haunted ridge, the one, the kind of the slow yeah. land that comes in on tap turn three. That deck, that's that card's really good for their deck. Uh, you know, they're not running very many basics at all. That would be like an obvious replacement. I don't think you would replace a pathway with this. So the red-black one, I don't think we'll see too much play, unless if we're looking at something like a Grixis deck or a uh, Jund deck. Um, I will be buying it because I don't want to spend 2,000 yen on a Haunted Ridge. <laughs> sure, of course. I'm okay. missing one, and, you know, just not going to Yeah, like, if anything, they're going to be a budget option yeah. if you don't want to expand money on the, the ridges. That's fair. Yeah, I kind of agree with that one. Yeah, but I think, like, the pain is are usually good fixing for aggressive decks, so mm-hmm. in the more mid-range style of decks, you're probably not going to see them. Yes, yes, uh, and that, that's part of what I was hitting on, is that you know Black-Red's a little bit more mid-range, so it doesn't mind those slow lands. They also have the two best man lands, really, mm-hmm. uh, as well as the best castle. So something like Carpulsen Forest, that's the green-red one, the green-red mana base was nowhere near as good as the black-red mana base. Mm-hmm. Like, I, that, that I definitely think is true. So this one I'm more excited about. 
Um, yeah, it's I also think, more of a color one, for aggro. The best one by far is Ardor Carways, because I can see many homes for this one already. Ardor Carways yeah. is the other one that, because yeah, blue-white spirits, any kind of In blue-white soul. aggro list, did like not humans. have a good option. You yeah. can play like mon uh, white humans without brutal Qatar now. You can play just reflector mage. Mm -hmm, it's mm -hmm. going to be pretty easy to splash that. Nice. Uh, and so blue white auras like that deck that people have been trying like the illuminate illuminator virtuoso uh, good obsession deck. So I want to drop some uh, frontier. Uh, tech on you guys. Do you think maybe with all these <laughs> colorless sources, we could see a return of the Eldrazi Menace? Oh, that's I'm also sure I'll try. That people can try. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like Bantu Eldrazi. Yeah, just whatever colors you can make all these colorless uh, mana symbols. Now you can play that uh, five-five Trampler or the Mandarin Shaper or Thought Not Seer. And there's Throne of Hope. One more time. Drowner of Hope. Drowner of Hope. Yeah, yeah, you can play all of these. I think those might show up a little bit, you know, maybe just as uh, sideboard tech or, you know, maybe one or two of in the main boards, but I could definitely see people playing more of those. Yeah, it doesn't look awful, to be honest. Like, sub Stubborn Denial is pretty good against Mono Green, Tough Nuts here. Mm -hmm. uh, it's like, like, New Lands always uh, represent, like, innovation, right? Because, like, it's not really worth to play a deck if you're Mana base is going to be awful, mm -hmm. but now you can, you can try. Are there any <coughs> other artifact decks that would benefit from, you know, being able to play these, or maybe maybe that the, maybe that that deck, but these could take advantage of an artifact deck. I think just in soul, like, if that's kind of what we're talking about, soul. that they don't care about paying the uh, the colorless mana. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. All right, so um, you guys want to go through your list real quick? Talk about what you're excited about? Sure. I feel like we've been uh, talking over Claudio a little bit. Yeah. So why don't you go ahead with your, you know, maybe your number five or one of the ones you're interested in? I'm sure we'll have some overlap here. Yeah. Uh, so let's see here. I guess we can start with the one that like, caught my eye to start. Uh, Zurd Eternal Schemer. So it's a 1-4 for Esper Colors, it has flying, and it says enchantment creatures you control have Death Touch, Lifelink, and Hexproof. And you can pay uh, 1 and a white to turn a no R enchantment into a creature that has power and toughness equal to its cost. So, and it's like forever, that you animate mm. that enchantment forever, it's not until end of turn. So this looks pretty good for me in the incarnation deck because it searches for because creatures, right? Well, three mana is really the color. You, yeah, you you really want to have a three yeah. mana creature is what you mostly want in that deck. Yeah, and now and like uh, with the uh, with the ability, like you can protect your uh, enchantments from removal mm -hmm. from interaction, which is pretty good. Like you can even start attacking with your fires if you're flooded, like as a four four. Yeah, I'm gonna have to play uh, Return to Nature in my sideboard now. <laughs> yeah, I don't think that this is going to have like a huge impact, but I think it's a neat card for that specific deck. Yeah, I actually wanted to talk about. It. I thought about you as soon as I I saw this card, oh. but I didn't. I'm not a good enough player to actually say it could be playable. So thank you for for saying that. Hey Ryan, we missed another mechanic, but it's only been on like two cards so far. Yeah, what is that? Uh, the stun counters. 
Oh, stun. No. Yeah. So stun is like... Yeah, that's uh, kind of like a That's delay. like a probably limited... It's just, yeah, well. like doesn't untap on their... When, you know, they skip their next untap step and lose a stun counter. So we, we'd have the previously, but never kind of with a counter. And this way you can stack them. So you could have like, you know, if you have two frost effects on the same thing, you could make them wait two turns before they untap it. What was that old mechanic where like it, has to, it comes in with the counter and you move on each turn and then you can play it? Fading or phase? Uh, there's fading and there's also... Not fading, it's pay <sighs> that one. This one is just like each turn you remove it. Like they had the, uh, the one mana... Suspend. Suspend, there we go. It's like suspend kind oh, of. Oh, oh, okay. It gives me those suspend yeah. vibes. Yep. Like putting the opponent's creature on suspend, kind of. Yeah. All right, Kevin, you want to go next? Or do you want to comment on Xur? Um, I, you know, I hadn't thought about Xur specifically for the enchantment deck. You know, I, I overlooked it because I'm like, what's going to play Asper Colors? But that deck can certainly search it out and uh, could hard cast it without any problem. Mm. So that could be cool there. Okay. Uh, never hate a Monosync in that deck. Mm. Um, I'm going to go with, so my number five here, I'm going to go with a one that is probably not going to see play, but I think it's being underrated. So I want to just talk about it is Karn. Yeah, the new people are saying this is one of like, the worst planeswalkers. <laughs> okay, I, and I'll try. I, I think that the card's interesting. You know, it's four mana for a four loyally planeswalker. It can plus one to make one of these power stones, um, and those are. It's a mana rock, but it can it can't use that mana to cast a non artifact spell, uh, and that's pretty specific wording. So you couldn't cast a you know a blue one to blue spell for it, but you could pay a one to blue ability. You can cast artifacts with it you can cast or you you can basically you, you can activate abilities with it and that's what's interesting I and mean, that's where i think it could be powerful um you know even in something like the mono green planeswalkers deck you can just use those power stones to pay into your nykthos or pay into your den of the or layer of the hydra and i feel like that might be enough where if you're ramping one every turn even if you're just using that to turn on your nykthos that's still ramp mm-hmm. um the minus, it's minus one and you pay any amount of mana. You look at the top that many cards and put one in your hand, the rest in the bottom. So you can just, you know, minus one, tap one power stone, draw a card. Isn't unreasonable, although I hate that it's a minus. And then it's a seven, like tap, but seven gives you an emblem that does some stuff that we don't care too much about. But I think it's an interesting Planeswalker. I think that it's being a little bit undersold, and I think it's at least worth trying in maybe something like the Mono Green Planeswalkers. Wasn't there a Mystic Forge deck that just like played everything from their, from their? Uh, yeah, yeah, that's call, not unreasonable. Uh, library. I mean, you could do that. I think we're getting to a point where you could just have a bunch of artifacts. This might be slow for that. You know, you wanted a lot of one and zero mana artifacts for mm-hmm. that deck. Yeah, but that minus one yeah. is nice with the search. I think I don't know. I feel like the abilities are too situational. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, even like the uh, you know the black, um, like the mono black artifacts deck when that was seeing a little bit of play, like the improvised deck. A, these can help pay with improvise, and B, you can also that deck. I want to say ran the two mana artifact. That you draw a card, but it comes into play, and you pay one mana to make one mana of any color. Like that just turns these power stones into ramp, and that seems really easy to do. Mm-hmm. Or like the lantern does the same thing. So. I feel like it's not too hard to filter this mana into something. Yeah, if we had a couple more mana, um, how can I say, not mana dorks, but the, uh, um, like, soul ring type effects or whatever, like we do in... Like, like had, signets. Yeah, like in Historic, I remember there's that. That was where I remember the Mystic Forge deck from. 
and mm. you know you know where I think this Karn is going to see play I think it's going to be exactly like Karn uh, Cyanoverza mm-hmm. this is going to see play in standard decks that don't have a Planeswalker to play mm-hmm. as a sort of card advantage Okay. Yeah. I don't think yeah. I don't think this is going to be super amazing. But it's really hard to take advantage of like the power stones. It doesn't really do anything when it comes into play necessarily. Okay. Which is a big ask. Alright. Should I go next or do you guys want to talk a little bit more about those? Yeah, go go ahead. Alright. So I've always wanted um equipment. Uh, and vehicles to be good. You know, I forced uh, red-white dwarves a couple seasons back. Um, you know, we get a really good legend. I'm not sure if the mana cost is going to be something that those type of decks currently want to play, especially since we're like, you know, 20, 22 mana. But uh, Aster, Bear of Blades, mm. two, a red, and a white. He's a 4-4 legendary human warrior. And when he comes into play, you look at the top seven cards of your library, which is kind of like a cocoa for uh, equipment or whatever, I guess you say. And it says you can reveal an equipment or vehicle card from among them and put them into your hand. So, yeah, it's, it's basically a cocoa, I would say, but, you know, of course, it's sorcery speak because it's on a creature. Um, but you put the, yeah, you choose one and then put the rest on the bottom of your library in random order. And it says equipment you control have equip one. So everything, you know, you have is only cost one to equip. And vehicles you control have equip or should i have crew one there we go i'm pretty sure there's something that says your spells cost one less to equip right uh, i want to say there's a spell that does I, that yeah yeah i think you're right uh, i don't know what's the name of that card i i think so because i remember it not working with the reconfigure mm-hmm. so if that's true then you know everything only costs one and then you can equip for zero and you can just equip 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 there's got to be some card out there um you know that you could like i don't know if it's going to be like a voltron type deck where you're just putting it all on one creature or i don't know if this is well, gonna so... be some kind of combo where like you draw a card whenever you um you know equip something you want me to ruin the surprise for you what it's hammer time oh well, yeah people were saying hammer time yeah, that, that's exactly. I, you know, I think this this card could in fact be playable. Yeah, Colossus Hammer is an equip ten that becomes an equip one, and you've got a decent shot of finding it when you uh, play this guy. It's in the right colors too. Um, I, I definitely a like the you know, look at the top seven to find an equipment. Yeah, it's awkward at four mana. I I like the you know look at the top seven. I feel like that's kind of the fixed version of Stoneforge Mystic. Mm-hmm. You know, if Stoneforge Mystic only looked at the top seven cards instead of searching, mm-hmm. you know, you wouldn't always be able to find the exact one you wanted. That would make it a much more fair card. And that's kind of what this is. You know, I wish it also had the ability to play, you know, you know, like like Stoneforge to put it into play for cheap. Mm-hmm. But I do like um, reducing the equipment cost there. I think this could see play. I'm, I'm willing to try it out. You know, it's also a warrior, which that deck had some warrior synergies at one point. Mm-hmm. I mean, we could definitely, you know, play Plow for two mana and, you know, Fruit for one. That, that would be nice. Yeah, I'd be, I'd be hesitant to try and do both. Mm-hmm. Um, just because yeah, I think you I would just play vehicles, vehicles with this card, like Heart of Curran. What was that, Claudio? I think I would just play good vehicles with this card to round mm-hmm. out the deck, like Heart of Curran, and like hmm. maybe you play like a Number Cleave there just to make the numbers work. Because I saw I, I had this card selected as well, 
I saw Frank Carson saying that if you have four hammers in your deck, this is going to reveal one forty percent of the time. So and that's mm. somewhat good because you look that's at seven, the mm -hmm. top seven. But like if you fill your deck with a couple more equipments and vehicles, like you should hit a card uh, very consistently. So I think this card is pretty decent, and it's like a four four. It's a nice body as well. Yeah, I also have a comment on this card that I can't bring up yet. So we didn't we didn't give a preface earlier. Um, Wizards made a goops uh, an oopsie a goopsie. I'm not sure what I'm saying there. Uh, they accidentally released the release notes for this set early, so a lot of cards were accidentally spoiled because of that. Mm -hmm. We're not touching on those cards right now. We're waiting for you know the official spoiler. Um, there is a card that I'm interested in that goes along with this possibly from those leaked cards, so I can't talk about it yet. But just wanted to bring that up. Okay. If you know, you know. <laughs> if you know, you know. Yeah, but I, I would keep my eye on this one for sure. Yeah, so you were saying basically, Claudio, um, choose one or the other. You can't do both. That's the best way to use it, you think? That's where I was saying. Claudio never... kind of said, like, hey, you're doing a, if you're doing an equipment deck, maybe play a couple of, you know, just generically good vehicles, mm -hmm. and he can help find them. And then um, if you're playing more to make your deck, numbers for him. Generically good equipment. Yeah. Uh, maybe I like, can play Amber Cleave, like maybe a Mob yeah. Sky Cleaves. Yeah. Okay. You know, yeah. If you're playing Red White Dwarves and you want to throw an Amber Cleave in there, I'm not gonna say no. Okay. Yeah, I yes. never like those like vehicles deck vehicle decks with uh, Colossal Plow because they like your cards are so weak on their own. So like with when your opponent is interacting with you, everything falls apart. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, yeah. All right. All right, Kevin, is it your turn next? Uh, what what um, are you I excited about? I guess so. Let me go with uh, one we just saw spoiled. I'm happy to see it is Phoenix Chick. You know I love my one drops. I love when we get new one drops. It's a 1-1 one, one flying haste can't block for one mana. Uh, that's already a little exciting, but it also has, if you attack with three or more creatures, you can pay red red to return it from the graveyard to the battlefield, tapped and attacking with a plus one plus one counter on mm. it. Um, I think this card is pretty sweet. I do think currently it doesn't have a definite home. So that that's my preface, is that um, I don't think it quite works in the low creature, high burn kind of red aggro. But I do think that there is potential for a little bit more of a go wide or, you know, creature based mm -hmm. aggro list, especially with the Carpulsen Forest giving us the ability to play, you know, if we wanted to play like a green red stompy deck. I think that this card could be really, really good. So, so I'm excited for that card, wanting to see it played. So you're thinking a deck th that I, is uh -huh. in need of one drops would probably play this, like an ag bigger aggro deck. Yeah, and you know, I can see it in something like uh, Torbrand. You know, if this, you know, this is a three damage in the air mm -hmm. flying haste, um, that's better than some of their creatures in some ways. Okay. What do you think, Claire? Yeah, I would, I would test this in the Embercliff deck for sure. It's probably better than some other one drop you were playing and like you can go like uh command on turn one and attack attack for two with this on turn two and you play a lot of creatures anyway so returning it shouldn't be an issue yeah i mean i always talk yeah. about tokens so maybe maybe play it in my tokens deck as a one drop like you play you play anax so when your creatures die you have yeah, a lot of safety tokens lying go. around that's go. that's good combo <laughs> Yeah. Okay, I kind of glossed over this one, but yeah, you may be right. This is a neat one drop. 
Right. I like one drops. Hey, you know, Red got another one mana with Flying and Haste, but I won't talk about that yeah. one right now. All right. Claudia, I think you're next. What's another card you're excited about? <clears throat> okay, so we can talk about Protect the Negotiators. It's uh, one and a blue for an instant uh, with Kicker for white. If the spell is kicked, you make a 1-1 soldier, and the card says counter-target spell unless its controller pays 1 for each creature you control. Mm. So this is very reminiscent of Unified Will, for mm. people that play have, playing, have been playing Magic for a while. It's like a really good counter for creature decks that are not specifically spirits. So, so would you play this over Sensor? Yeah, if if I'm playing creature deck, yes. Okay, like just for creature deck, but not example, in a control humans. deck. No, no. Like if I'm playing humans, for example, and I want to sideboard a counter spell, mm. I would be looking at this. Okay, okay. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. I could definitely see that. So uh, more of a role player. Than yeah, it's probably all-star. just a sideboard card, mm-hmm. but I think it's a really cool one. Yeah. We haven't seen a transmutation in a while. You know, like the um, what is it? transfiguration? What is the uh, the transmogrify one that trans- transmogrify? Yeah, we haven't seen mm. transmogrify in a while, but just yeah, that yeah. 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 That deck's probably interested in like a first pack that makes a creature, maybe. Nice, yeah, because it already plays yeah. the um, the <laughs> mana uh, spell that puts like a creature into play, right? Like, I forget what it does. It's like uh, Barfamelitis. No, not the Melius. It's a green spell that Even makes the, green the monk one? with... Yeah, that's a little different. We were talking oh, about... We're, like, I think we were talking version, about but... different transmogrified decks. Okay, I'm thinking of the green and red one, maybe. The, the, yeah, the yeah. red one? Yeah. yeah. Which is pretty cool as well. Yeah, but like I was saying at the start of the uh, the podcast, I am kind of excited with uh, the kicker this time around. It's you know definitely got some decent effects. This is one of them that I was looking at. Yeah. All right. Yeah. There's a couple kicker cards I've looked at and been like, hmm, on. Um, my turn? Sure, yeah, go ahead. All right. I kind of like, uh, was it Shauna? Sorry, let me find her real quick. Yeah, Shauna, Purifying Blade, 3-3, uh, three, three, a green, white, and a blue mana. She has lifelink. She's a human warrior. And at the uh, beginning of your end step, you may pay X. And if you do draw X cards, X can't be greater than the amount of life you gained this turn. I want to say it was, I think Alex from the Pioneer Perspective was uh, talking about playing like the uh, Mardu uh, Mardu Reaper of Woe or something like that. The the 2-1 human and whenever a warrior comes into play, uh, you get to exile a, I want to say it's a card or a creature card from, from so a graveyard. A creature. creature from any graveyard, yeah. Yeah, and then you gain, you gain life, you know, whenever a warrior enters the battlefield. That would be a cool interaction with 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 this card, but I'm pretty sure there's there's other white cards that might have lifelink that we could add in as well. So I I think that that you know if you play this in a Coco deck, you don't really need. I mean, being able to draw extra cards is great in a Coco deck, right? Yeah, my issue with this card is that it's three mana. Like the three mana creatures are. The competition is basically so tough. Mm. Yeah, I, I also I'm, I'm kind of off the four or five color versions as well. I kind of like the mono white or maybe white black. Mm-hmm. 
we were talking about how strong Reflector Mage is earlier, so maybe yeah, maybe we can see Bent Humans make a comeback. Yeah, I was I was just playing Bent Humans uh, before the we started recording. I think that deck is pretty powerful. Hmm. Uh, but even there, I don't think I would play this over any of the tree drops, and the deck plays a lot of trees already. Yeah, yeah, that sounds like yeah. the big problem in Pioneer. <laughs> We got too many good three drops, not enough one <laughs> drops. Yeah, yeah, not enough one and two drops, definitely. Okay. Uh, I do think that humans got some tools. You know, I wasn't sure which one I wanted to pick as my, you know, card, but I definitely wanted to name a, a human as one of them. We already kind of talked about Guardian Nubinalia. Uh, there's also a, like, a 1-1 one, one with Flash that makes a 1-1 one, one when it enters that I think is interesting. But the one I wanted to name was Benos Sleeper. Uh, so this is a character card. Maybe I'm going back on myself saying the kicker cards will all be bad, but uh, this is a 3-1 for one and a white if kicker black. Mm. And so it's just a 3-1, which is kind of terrible. We would never play just a 3-1 for two. But if you pay the extra black, it enters and each player sacrifices a creature, which is a kind of a cool effect, especially if we've got one of the ones that can make tokens. You know, any of the white-black creatures that can make tokens. Oh, it's each player? I thought this card was just Gatekeeper of Malakir, but I oh, guess Oh, no, it's not. Just... Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yikes. Yeah, you still have to sacrifice, so it may end up not being great. Um, it is a removal creature, though, for something like that, uh, like a black-white deck. Yeah, I like it. That's definitely going to see Popper play. Mm, yeah, it is. Yeah, I, g- I guess this is cool with... Um... Blood Soap Champion, if you're playing Blue White. Mm-hmm. Oh, sorry, bla- Black White. Yeah, Black White Humans, that, like we were saying, you know, why did they make Black White Humans as a, a Pioneer Challenger deck? You know, and they're, they're, they're really pushing it, you know. I mean, that one can play, you know, play the Blood Soap Champions. It can play the, one of them makes tokens. I don't remember what, you know, Adeline, if nothing else. Mm-hmm. Um, your three drop can make tokens. Yeah. Even like if you sacrifice a Talia's Lieutenant, that's small and you can bring it back with the specialist later mm-hmm. yeah a Thraven inspector yeah, yeah. Mm, spicy spicy <laughs> yeah all right i could see this in some play yeah but I... it's not as good as i thought it was i should kind of follow you guys's uh your guys's uh how can i say uh you're thinking and maybe choose a uh, un- uncommon of my own because uh, I think I've done. All <laughs> I have the been picking so a lot of yeah lower rarity cards here. Um, let me talk about Balduvian Atrocity. Atrocity. I'm kind of hmm. interested in this card. It's a two three uh, menace for three mana, two and a black, and it's got kicker with one red. And when it enters the battlefield, if it was kicked, enter a target. Says when it, if it was kicked, return target creature with mana value three or less from your graveyard to the battlefield. It gains haste, and you sacrifice it. Not sure if this is good enough for the sacrifice decks, but I like it in that type of deck. I mean, it would even be good to you know bring back you know this could be in mono. I wouldn't say mono black, but I mean if you're playing the uh, the pain land, you could probably play it in mono black. Um, but I think there's a lot of ways to use this card. Uh, we. We don't have a lot of these return something to the battlefield effects in Pioneer, and it's good to have more of them. You know, I think we only have like two or three other ones. Like we have the five mana Cavalier that brings something back when it dies, and we have the um, what was it? The three mana sorcery from Ikoria that brings back up to three mana cost. 
uh, to the battlefield. Yeah, there's a few things. You know, maybe you could even think about it as Mardu Greasefang. Mm-hmm. Um, you could bring Greg Greasefang with this. I-, I like this card, but I also had to be like, okay, it's a three or a four drop in black red. You know, if this yeah. was like green blue or something, I could be like, sure, we would love a three drop in that deck. But it is so hard to justify cutting any kind of three or four drop from a black red deck in yeah. Pioneer right now. But I do like the ability. I do like the menace. It's, it's a good card, like we said. Uncommon's very powerful in the set. Yeah. Um, I wonder where you played this. Exactly. It's pretty interesting. Yeah. Interesting. I just I don't know where I would play it. Uh, Claudio, I think. Do you want to go next? You have another card. Yeah, we can talk about evolved sleeper. Hmm. It's a cool one. Yeah. It's a. Basically, a new Warden of the first three type cards. So, 1 1 for black, and you can play a black to make it into a 2 2. Then, you can play pay a 1 and a black to make it a 3 3. And with Death Touch, yeah. Uh, yeah, with Death Touch. And after that, you can uh, repeatedly pay 3 black mana to put a counter on it, draw a card, and lose one life. So good. So, it's basically. It's like a Phyrexian great thing for one drop. No. So I think this like I I am looking at some cards that could uh, buff mono black aggro, mm-hmm. and I think this is this might be a better one drop than like something like Night of Wanderer. Oh no, I think the Knight is pretty good. So yeah, hmm. I think and it's a human for what is worth. So you could play this in a human deck so one drop that is a mana sink so if you're flooding you can just sink your mana to this mm-hmm. you can get this back with specialists so mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and you can still use the abilities even if it can't attack so it's kind of nice. threatening nice yeah i think this card is pretty good yeah that one looks good right we... We'll have to try it. You know, the, the problem is it can still get fatal pushed even if you sank a lot of mana into it. So you'll have to see if uh, yeah, it's but like worth home... it. Yeah, the, the thing with cards like this, like, the basically, like, chapter, uh, the third ability is, like, it's, it's going to come up once in every, I don't know, 20 games. But when it come up, comes up, it's going to win you the game. And it's, like, just a one drop, you know? If you play a single black mana to attack for two, it's, like, pretty good enough it's like already good enough that's true yeah and what i also like is you know similar to uh even on the first legion or whatever it's called is that the threat of being able to put death touch on it makes it a really good attacker and blocker Mm. even if you never sink the mana into it um yeah mono black devotion does that see any play anymore could this i mean we're talking about mana sinks being able to play this later on when you have a bunch of you know, devotion on the battlefield, you know, to automatically, you know, make it a 4-4, four, four, you know, and draw a card, it'd be a pretty powerful effect, right? I think mm, this maybe. is like a, an aggressive card yeah. for aggressive decks. Not okay. Really. Like the mono black devotion deck is a bit more controlish. Um, do you guys okay. want to do like one more card each and then call it a day? Um, I've maybe got one more, but I feel like I'd be stretching it. I'd rather wait and go over some, uh, you know, jank ideas when we do our set review. Okay. But if Claudio, if you've got one more, please go ahead because I don't know if we'll have you on for that. Yeah, I, don't know what I the plan is yet. have two more. 
but uh, okay. I have one of them is Lenoware Lump Speaker. This one hmm. got spoiled uh, some time ago. It's a uh, mana dark for two mana. It's a uh, one tree. Mm. Taps for any color, and you can tap it to animate a land uh, into a tree tree with haste. So this card goes off by itself with just kind of tendency. So I was thinking about discarding that deck. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's like Sylvan Awakening on a mana dark, and like how much that moves the needle for the deck, it's to be seen. But like it is pretty powerful. Yeah, yeah, I'm kind of excited about that um, effect as well. That's that's one of the places I was thinking of putting it in. I also used to make like a. I was thinking of um, what card was it? Uh, uh, Sylvan Advocate. You know, like that kind of you know elf deck. Um, hmm. Just like an elf deck with with uh, land matters cards and stuff like that, like like this to make stuff uh, elementals. But that's that's kind of uh, yeah. I think elves got a better, way better card than this. But we are not going to talk about it because yeah. it's in the league yeah <laughs> yeah. But yeah. Okay. Yeah, I have some jank cards. I mean, I mean, I don't think I'll talk about it during the set review if you don't mind me doing one more. Yeah, go ahead. I mean, Claudia were kind of talking about this uh, before you, you came on, and that's uh, Soul of Windgrace. It's the uh, Jund uh, cat. It's one black, uh, green, and a red 5-4. When it enters the battlefield or attacks, you can put a land card from your graveyard into the battlefield. Tap from any graveyard. Oh, that's any. pretty relevant. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Nice, nice. And then you can pay uh, a green mana, discard a land card to gain through life. You can pay one and a red to discard a land card and draw a card. Or you can pay uh, two and a black, discard a land card, and Soul of Wind Grace gains Indestructible until the end of turn, and you tap it. So, seems like a fun card. It seems like a good value engine. I'm not sure where it would, you know, show up. I mean, I've always wanted, um, what was the, Escape uh, Shift deck to be a thing in Pioneer. That's one deck that hasn't made the, the jump from Modern to Pioneer yet. And I'm not sure if this would fit into it, but I, you know, I'd like to try it out. Yeah, yeah I think the pieces are coming together for a land deck, but we need more special lands first, I think. Mm-hmm. Or utility lands, basically, like uh, Ghost Quarter, something like that. And not having fetch lands kind of hurts this type of card, I think, because you're not going to have a lot of stuff in the graveyard. Yeah. I think where it's tough is that it's the same mana cost as Omnath, and it is the one color that Omnath isn't. Mm-hmm. So if you wanted both, they'll not only disagree with each other, but also make the mono really tough. Um, so I'd have to see a big reason to play this over playing Omnath, but in in you know a similar kind of list, I would assume. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You, you want to play the Gitrog monster, of course. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I guess. We want nice. Gitrog monster, we want... Um, Jundo. I don't know what else. Um, Ramlapscavator. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Liliana. It's coming together. There, we want Liliana. That's what it is. We want to discard our lands to Liliana and bring them back with this or something like that. Exactly. Yeah, but I think that this card is neat. Yeah, like I said, I I probably won't be talking about this during the uh, the set review, so uh, I wanted to talk about it now while I can kind of enjoy it okay so you know maybe you guys will give me one more i'll i'll bring up squee um because i think that he's also one that i felt a little slept on i thought this card seemed really good um and i could see it showing up in like the sideboards of some mono red decks kind of thing 
Uh, you know, it's three mana, two mana, or three mana, two, two haste goblin. When it attacks, it makes a one, one goblin tapped and attacking. Um, so, you know, it attacks for three, the turn it comes out, leaves the body behind if it dies. But you can also, it basically has escape. You mm-hmm. can cast it from the graveyard by paying four and exiling four cards from your graveyard. And right now, you know, Mono Red is not using its own graveyard as a tool yeah. at all. Yeah. And it fills it reasonably fast, you know, with burn spells and things mm-hmm. like that. So uh, I don't think this would be hard to recast and is a, you know, pretty reasonable attacker. It's kind of like, you know, an extra, um, you know, it's what like is that? Goblin Monster? Land. What? Yeah. Uh, Dead so of the it, Bookbar? Yeah, it's one of those things where, like, it's definitely a worse attacker than Rabble Master, but I think that, resilience. you know, it still puts on a very quick clock if it's not being answered, mm-hmm. and that fact that you can just, you know, bring it back, attack with it right away, yeah. it means that it doesn't just die to removal like, uh, like Rabble Master does. Yeah. yeah, definitely, definitely. Unless it gets yeah, I could see, I could see a sideboard in this against, like, Blood Control or something. Yeah, even, you know, I could see it against, like, red-black. You know, if they fatal push it and you bring it back at another goblin. That's more dicey be okay. because of Graveyard yeah. Spacer. Mm. Yeah, that, that one's uh, annoying. That's the big thing right <laughs> yeah. there, is that everyone's playing Trespasser or Hearse, you know, like, in their main boards. Oh, now, yeah, so. yeah. They keep well, also being these. a 3-3. It's like they keep printing these graveyard effects, these good graveyard effects, but it's like Pioneer's like, no, no, you're not going to be able to play that. Yeah, and hey, I we'll see if we get a goblin board as well. I think that's good, right? Like, there's like safety valves against graveyards, mm-hmm. so like they kind of went overboard, I think, after the whole uh, degenerate, um, oops, all lands or was it oops all lands or no lands deck? Oops, uh, all spell. oops no lands, yeah. Oops all spells, oops, yeah. Oops all spells deck, yeah. The Ballastard Spy deck, mm. but um, yeah. All right, well, that covers everything I wanted to talk about. Thank you for letting me. Uh, talk about these uh, strange cards today guys hey we're pretty excited i know i'm looking forward to going through the full set as more things come out every card that comes i'm, I'm looking at it right away uh often tweeting out when there's you know weird combos or anything like that you can also discuss the cards more in our discord so if you guys want to follow us we're at mtg pioneer on twitter you can also find a link to our discord there as a great place to discuss all these spoilers as they come out i didn't mean to leave that right into our uh, closing statements here but that's where we are uh <laughs> what about you guys <laughs> hey claudio yeah, you can find me at ClaudioMTG on Twitter. So I think that we, I think I'm going to be in, like in the same boat. If I see anything interesting, I'm going to be tweeting about it. Mm-hmm. So yeah, every time like a new set comes out, uh, I usually try to build a lot of decks, try to see if something yeah. sticks. And I also have like the mocks next month, and it's going to be Pioneer. So I'm going to see if I can bring something spicy. Yeah. So if if people are not following you yet, um, a what's wrong with you and B <laughs> follow you right away. Cause yeah, a lot of, a lot of good content, a lot of, a lot of good stuff about pioneer coming from Claudio's Twitter account. So <laughs> yep. Yep. Thank you. Yeah. And uh, yeah, you guys can find me on uh, Twitter as well at uh, yo Japan hobbyist. And I also uh, post regularly in the discord. So you can find me in either of those places. If you want to talk more. Well, you're checking out Claudio on Twitter, make sure to also check out the TAC team uh, as well as their podcasts that they do because they do a lot of great content. Oh, exactly. You're better at shouting out my, my own stuff than me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, not, not everyone wants to shout out their own stuff, but it's definitely worth it. So go go ahead and check that out. Hmm. Yep. 
All right, that's going to bring us into our show here. I'm looking forward to when the full set is spoiled, you know, we'll, we'll circle back, we'll uh, touch base on some things, and then I'm already ready to start brewing with some of these cards, so I know we'll do at least one brew episode after the set is fully mm-hmm. spoiled, and we can start uh, really testing with these cards. So yeah. that's let's all I've got I for have, today. Let's uh, say yeah. I have a deck list here named Make Bolovo Great Again, and it has a lot of black one drops. <laughs> Nice. Ooh, I mean, I was playing with a three-color uh, Arcanist deck, so we'll, we'll we'll have some jank, I'm sure. <laughs> exactly. All right. That's going to bring us to the end of our show. Um, thank you guys all for listening. We are the First Pioneers Podcast. We look forward to being your go-to source for Pioneer Nation online, and we are previewing out 